talk of being separated by distance, by presence, uh, for over two months, we have um, we have this this racial issue that uh, has uh, been stirred in our nation once again. Just wounds. Um, there's been um, killings. There's been African American men and women who've been killed, some by police officers, and there's just a stirring in our um, our country right now. And so many of us feel grief upon grief, discouragement upon discouragement. And even this morning, I have to share with you, my, my heart feels heavy about where things are at right now in our nation. There's a deep sickness in our nation that is much deeper than COVID-19. There's a deep sickness within the human heart um, that only Christ can heal. And we need him. We need the gospel, as David was sharing during communion. Christ is our only hope. And this morning, I, I, uh, I don't want to just focus on the brokenness of uh, our situation and of our lives, but I want to point us to the hope that we have in Christ. And uh, I thought I would take a pause on our Hebrew series and speak to the elephant in the room, so to speak. Uh, address the, the issue that is on our minds right now. The, the, news media, the news media is reporting daily uh, protests, peaceful protests, and there's been some rioting, there's been just a lot of political turmoil, racial turmoil in our country, country. And I thought it would be good for us to go back to the beginning of Genesis and look at God's design for humanity. Okay, and look at look at how God has created us, why God has created us, what He's put us here to do, and look at the reality that your life matters. Your life matters. Okay, in Genesis chapter one. Actually, before I go there, let me begin with a um, little story. When I was um, maybe ten or eleven, my father, my mother and father were separated since I was seven. And my father, um, he purchased a pellet gun for me. He got me a pellet gun. So I'm 10, 11 years old. My mom is a single mom trying to raise three wild boys. I was the oldest of three. On, a, on minimum wage, it was three three ninety five. Okay, she was she had food stamps, minimum wage, just trying to just trying to pay the bills, trying to get clothes for us for school. And my dad, to her frustration, gives me this, this toy, this, this pellet gun. And we lived in an apartment complex, so there, as you can imagine, there weren't too many places that I could use the pellet gun in the neighborhood when I stepped out the front door. So I found different things to take aim at. One of those things was the headlight of a neighbor. And I shot a headlight out, and uh, my mother told me that she had to pay for that on her uh, 395 an hour minimum wage job. She had to pay for that broken headlight that I uh, that I took out. And then uh, I remember one day I was looking up in the trees and I just saw these birds flying around. And I thought I'm, I'm going to see what what will happen if I shoot one of these birds. I'm going to see how powerful this gun is. And I remember shooting a bird for the very first time, and I watched it drop out of the tree, and I watched it just kind of just dying right there in front of me. And I'm 10 or 11 years old. 
And I just felt something inside of me just did not feel right. I felt bad. I mean, it's, it's, it's a little bird that I just took the life of this little bird. The little bird didn't poop on me. All right. I wasn't going to eat the bird. All right. It wasn't annoying me. I just out of out of kind of entertainment took a shot at this bird. My mother tells me and laughingly, she tells me that I uh, I came in just crying, just broken over this little bird. There was a, there was a tenderness that I had about about that concerning that little bird. And one of the things that I was confronted with, I think, in that moment was how Even the life of a little bird has value. Life is sacred. Life is special. Life has value. Even animal life that God has created. God created everything good. And I took the life of this little bird and I felt bad about it. Um, that, That pellet gun revealed several lessons in my life that I needed to learn. Lessons about respect for other people's property, respect for animals, and even respect for people. Because later on, maybe a year or two later, I remember stuffing a, a toothpick in that pellet gun, and I took an aim at my friend, my friend George, and I shot it at him, and it went right by the side of his face, and thankfully it didn't you know, take out one of his eyes. But it scraped the side of his face, and I think that severed our relationship. I think that that was kind of one of the things that just broke broke that relationship. And so I had some brokenness in my life, and that brokenness was coming out through my actions. I needed some redemption. I needed to know who I was and how God had created me and what he had created me for. And I was abusing and taking advantage of the things that God had given me. And I was a hurt young boy hurting other people. Um, in the last few weeks, our nation has responded to the life of not a, not a little bird being killed, but the life of an African-American human being who was made in the image of God. Someone who was made in the image of God. And we watched on video for nine minutes the life of a, a human being um, be snuffed out from them. And when we watch that, I don't know about you, but there's something within us that says, this is wrong. Human beings are made to live, to be free, to have life, to experience grace and love and relationship and blessing from God as recipients and, and, and givers of blessing, conduits of the blessing of God. And many are marching peacefully right now in response to not only that life that was taken, George Floyd, but many before that that were taken. And and it's right for us to grieve when there's a loss of life, when there's a loss of human life, because your life matters. Black lives matters, matters. White lives matters. Asian white lives matter. Latino lives matter matter. Human life matters to God. And we're going to look at why you and I matter. And actually, before then, before we jump to that, let me just point out something Jesus said in contrast uh, to birds when he was teaching his people not to worry about God, uh, not to worry about provision, 
not to worry about tomorrow. He taught his followers to consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap, and they neither uh, they, uh, they they have neither storehouse nor barn. Yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? Okay, he, uh, Matthew ten twenty nine says, "Are not two sparrows sold for a penny?" And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are more valuable than many sparrows. Your life matters. So let that ease your, your anxieties, knowing that God cares about you and your life matters. And let that ease your fear that you have a heavenly father who cares for you. Your life is more valuable than the birds. Amen? Genesis 1.26. If you would turn there in your Bibles. If you don't have your Bibles with you, go ahead and look there. We're going to look at the basis for the value of a human life right here. Genesis 1.26 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, or the birds of the heavens, over the livestock, and over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created in his own image. God, God excuse me. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. So here's where we're going. God has placed great value on every human life because he created us in his image with purpose. God has placed great value on every human life because he has created us in his image with purpose. This is something that we're hearing a lot right now, a verse that's alluded to or quoted a lot right now. We are all made in the image of God, and it's rightfully so emphasized during this time. Because this verse gives us the basis for which we should treat human beings with dignity, with value, and respect. Because we are made in the image of God. Black, white, Hispanic, Asian, every ethnic, ethnicity, every person is made in the image of God. Your life matters because God created you. God made you. And all that God created, He saw that it was good. When He looked upon His creation, God saw the goodness of His work that He had done. Okay? And then it says at the end of Genesis chapter 1, after he created mankind, God looked and he saw that it was very good. It was very good. Okay? And, and so God, when, when God created human beings, he created a, the, the pinnacle, if you will, of his creation. Okay? Uh, he, he created us... In his image. Notice uh, uh, Psalm 139, thir 13 and 14. It says, For you formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. 
Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Amen? Just, just reflect on that right now. God created you. He shaped you. Your life matters to Him. You're not an accident. Okay? Your father and mother may not have planned you, or maybe they did. But for those of us who, our parents weren't weren't planning for us to come into this world, and we were surprised to them, right? We were not an accident to God. God planned our lives. He had purpose and intention by bringing us into the world, and our life matters to Him. And it mattered to Him even when we were in our mother's womb. Human life matters. Okay, and, and, a, and a baby that's in the belly of a mother, we have one, one here with us uh, today, is a, is a human life created in the image of God. And this is the basis. This is why we value life in the womb, from the womb to the tomb. Human life deserves dignity and respect, and it deserves to be protected and honored because we are made in the image of God. God formed us. In our mother's womb. And so we matter not only because God created us, because we're the work of his hands. And what he creates is good. His work is good, right? We should honor his, him and his work. But we're, we're, uh, we matter because we're made in his image. We're made in the likeness of God. We're made in the likeness of God. Theologians debate about all that this phrase, the image of God, means and implies. Uh, but some of the things that, that we could highlight that theologians would emphasize in this uh, is that we have the capacity to reason with others, right? Like God, who has intellect and reason, right? We have the capacity to relate to one another in relationship, like God. He said, let us make man in our image. And in the New Testament, we we discover more clearly that there is a a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There's a trinity in the Godhead who said, let us make man in our own image. And God is a relational God. um, He's immersed in community and relationship. And he's designed us to be the same way. Human life flourishes only when we're in community properly, when we have this relationship here, right? And when we have these relationships here, right? That's when human life flourishes, right? So he's created us with reason. He's created us with the ability to communicate and relate to one another. We have the capacity to absorb the presence of another person, the joy, the love, and the peace, the confidence. That a brother or sister brings to the room when you're when you're talking with them, when you're listening to them. That's one of the reasons why it's good for us to be present together when we gather in corporate worship. And I'm not not downing anybody who's staying home right now. Um, there's also wisdom in, in, in wanting to guard ourselves from the spread of a virus that has taken so many lives. Right. But I think we all feel it that that, that we're made to be in proximity with one another. 
not have this distance between us where we have to relate merely through a screen to one another and then that screen freezes up and, and, the, and the image gets blurry and then the, the words get distorted and then you don't even hear what's being said. It's so frustrating. I'm zoomed out. I'm tired of Zoom. Thank God for Zoom. It's a great tool. But I'm ready for the relational connection of being together with one another. Amen? Because we're created for that. And that's one of the reasons why this time, this, this quarantine, social distancing has been so difficult. Because we're, we're created relationally, made in the image of God to relate to one another, to be with one another. We have the capacity uh, to, to, to be responsible, uh, the, the, the ability to make decisions, to, uh, the, the ability to feel emotions. God feels emotions. God grieves. God gets angry. God rejoices, right? And, and God created us with the capacity to, to have emotions, to feel things, Right? And so he's created us in his image. There's a lot, lot more that we could say about that. But those are just a few things that we can say. Notice that he created them male and female in his image. Right? Both men and women equally reflect the image of God. And every ethnic group on the planet reflects the image of God. That's why there should be equal value given to a human life. Because we all bear the image of God. Okay? I know this is simple, but yet it is profound for us to think about. Um, as David was talking about this in, in Psalm 131, God's knowledge of him and, 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 and God forming him in, 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 in the mother, his mother's womb. He says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. Like, he's just talking about God's intimate knowing of him. And creating him fearfully and wonderfully in the womb. Your life matters not only because God created you and he created you in his image, but God created you with purpose. There is purpose. Your life is not an accident. God puts you here on purpose. He has plans for you. He has a will for you. He has a desire for you. And a, and a part of that purpose is to reflect him. Being an image bearer, being made in his image, you and I are designed to reflect the glory of who God is. We're designed to reflect God's love and grace. We're designed to reflect God's faithfulness. We're designed to reflect God's wisdom. We're designed to reflect God's justice and God's mercy. God's created us for, with purpose. And the first thing I, I say about that purpose is that we're, we're, we're made for his glory. We're made to reflect his glory. And we're, and, and we're made to represent him on the earth. To reflect who he is, but represent his authority on the earth over the rest of creation. God's given us the capacity to, to be responsible human beings. God gives us the capacity to make decisions. God gives us the capacity to work. God gave mankind work to do. And that was before the fall, by the way. Okay? Work, the, the assignment of work and the design to be of a human being that works, 
That was not a part of the curse. Okay, work was created before. For those of you who feel like your job is a curse, or work is a curse, right? Um, although, after the fall, in Genesis chapter 3, work did become toilsome and much more difficult. There were some uh, effects from the fall that affected uh, the work of humanity. In verse 28, um, Genesis 1.28, it says, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. God's called people to reproduce, to, to fill the earth. God wants image bearers that reflect his glory to just fill the earth. To be fruitful and multiply. And, and here he also he also wanted the animals to, to, to multiply as well. But he, he gave uh, mankind this, this mandate to, to fill the earth, to be fruitful, to multiply, and to have responsibility of the, over the earth to care for creation, not abuse it and exploit it and not exploit one another, but care for it, tend the garden, build, reflect who God is. Amen? And so God created you and I with purpose, so we matter. We matter. There's an enemy who wants to distort, who wants to steal, who wants to kill, and stomp out the image of God in the world. Okay? He has a, he has a plan to do so. Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, the, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life. And that you may have it more abundantly. Okay, so God created everything good, right? And then um, in Genesis 3, we see the brokenness come into the world. Okay? I'm sure Adam and Eve wouldn't have imagined, I'm sure they didn't imagine what we see on the news today would, would happen, would be happening in the world as a result of eating a piece of fruit that God forbid them not to eat. Right? They, they, they disobeyed God. And after that, God's good creation, the creation that God looked upon and said, it is good, got distorted, got broken. Okay? Their sickness, death, suffering. And then in the very next chapter of Genesis, Genesis chapter 4, we have recorded the very first murder. The taking of a human life. Cain and Abel. Cain was angry at his brother. Jealous. He took the life of his brother. And, 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 and Abel's blood was, was speaking, crying out to God. God was aware of what happened. He was aware of the injustice and God addressed it. And it was wrong. And then we see a little bit further in Genesis, when you read a little bit further in Genesis, violence, and by the, by, you get to, by the time you get to Genesis chapter 6, as there's reproduction and, and more people filling the earth, violence filled the earth. And so there was this distorted image, distorted, the distortion of the image bearers on the earth, and instead of being life givers, and, and lives that were flourishing in community and proper relationship together, there was violence against one another. And God was so grieved. He was grieved. Much like many of us feel today when we look upon the violence, and the racism, and the brokenness, the sickness of our world, the injustice in our world. 
And God destroyed the world and saved Noah and his family. And he started over. All right. And in Genesis chapter nine, God spoke to Noah and and he expresses in his words to Noah. God expresses value on human life by prohibit prohibiting prohibiting and punishing murders, prohibiting murder. And punishing murderers. Notice what he says in Genesis 9, 5 and 6. And for your lifeblood, I will require a reckoning. From every beast, I will require it. And from man, from his fellow man, I will require a reckoning from the life of man. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. Now notice... This statement is made after Genesis 3, after the fall, after the catastrophe of a worldwide flood, when things had gotten so bad that God destroyed the world and started over with Noah and his family. God still says, man is made in his image. Okay? Though though the image bearers, the image of God has been distorted because of the fall, it has not been erased. Though it has been obscured, it has not been obliterated. Okay? You and I bear the image of God. And God puts a prohibition on the taking of another life. In Exodus uh, 20, he says, you shall not murder. Okay? And, and, And within Exodus and even in Genesis here, God also describes punishment for those who murder. And it seems that God was endorsing capital punishment here. Or giving, uh, yeah. So just something to wrestle with and ponder there. There's, there will be a penalty for those who take a lot. Okay? There will, there, will, there will be a mess that you can't just sleep under the rug and act like it didn't happen when you take another life. Right? God will punish those who take the life of another. Um, and so that's bad news. The fact that we, we've sinned against God and we deserve punishment. Okay? But let's get to some good news here. Because the Bible, this is the beginning. Okay? God created everything good and then there was corruption. And thankfully, God didn't, didn't just leave the world like that. God did something about the brokenness of our world and he sent his son, Jesus, into the world who became a human being. He took on flesh and he displayed on the earth what a human being is to look like and live like. He displayed it perfectly. He did it without sinning, without falling short of the glory of God. Jesus displayed the glory of God's character. He displayed what God was like. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And he entered into our brokenness and he entered into the suffering in this world so he can sympathize now with us. And he went to the cross and he experienced death on a cross. The worst injustice. A just righteous man having his life taken by unjust sinners who deserve death themselves. And Jesus willingly takes it. He steps into the execution chair. He steps, he, 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 he gets upon the cross and he dies for you and me that we might be forgiven and free and that we might have restored our humanity. Okay? 
Second Corinthians five seventeen says this. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is past. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ has reconciled us to himself. And he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Amen? Colossians 3.10 says this. It says, and, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge in knowledge after the image of its creator. Okay, take note of that. Having put on the new self, okay, you, you, you're a new creation. Okay, God, those of us who are Christians have been changed from the inside out. And there should be this progress of, of sanctification that we see of this, this progress of, of a restored image, the image of Jesus. Being reflected through our lives. Okay? We're predestined for this, Paul says in Romans 8, 29. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Okay? That, that's where we're headed, saints. Okay? We're going to be conformed into the image of Jesus. Okay? God, God restores in us. What was lost at the fall. He restores the brokenness. Uh, Ephesians 2.10. It says. For we are his worksmanship. Created in Christ Jesus. For good works. Which God prepared beforehand. That we should walk in. And so the Lord wants to. Redeem and restore. And bring reconciliation. In this world. And it has to start with us guys. The church. We have to be. The pace setters. God calls us to be. He says that we are. Jesus said it. You're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. Okay? And God has has changed our hearts. Okay? Now we have a disposition towards love. Okay? First John tells us that, that Christians, those of us who are born again, those of us who have been brought into the family of God through Jesus Christ, through faith. By grace, through faith in Jesus Christ, have been born again. We belong to God. And now we have a disposition towards loving God, loving people, practicing righteousness. First John tells us this is what real Christianity looks like. This is what it really looks like to be a child of God. One who has experienced the grace and the mercy of God in Christ Jesus. They love righteous. They, they love their brother and they practice righteousness okay and so as christians we are on this uh, journey of becoming more and more like jesus having the image of christ the son of god reflecting through our lives more and more and more second uh, corinthians uh, 318 paul said that we all with unveiled faces are beholding as in a mirror we all with unveiled faces beholding as in a mirror the glory of the lord are being transformed from glory to glory by the spirit of the lord right and so we should be those who lead in racial racial reconciliation we should be those who lead in 
doing justice, loving mercy, and walking humbly with God. Those of us who've experienced the grace and the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, all right? And, and, I, and I must say, this is a process for us. This is a part of the sanctification process, learning to love well, learning to love like Jesus loved. It takes supernatural love from the Spirit of God. We can't conjure it up ourselves. It's the work of God, the fruit of the Spirit working in our lives. And so here's some application. First, ponder the work of God's hands in creating you and allow Scripture to shape your view of humanity and purpose for life. Ponder, just think about the reality just that, that you're made in the image of God. That God made you in His likeness. He's given you the wiring that you have for His glory. And allow that to shape your view of humanity, how you view yourself and how you view others. Your life matters and those around you matter. Amen. Honor the image of God by making, um, making love for people. <laughs> Glad I didn't stop that sentence there. Honor the image of God by making love for all people a priority. <laughs> Although that wouldn't be wrong, but... Um, Honor the image of God by making love for all people a priority. <laughs> Excuse me. little humor there, sorry. Dwayne Grudel says this. It says, um, every single human being, no matter how much the image of God is marred by sin or illness or weakness or age or any other disability, still has the status of being in God's image and therefore must be treated with dignity and respect that is due to God's image bearer. Amen? And lastly, make racial reconciliation a priority. Okay, here, here at City Church, one of our values is unity and diversity. Okay? And, and this, this has been, since I've been a Christian, and even before I was a Christian, I was... So I, I was surrounded by diversity. I, would, I experienced diversity. I embraced it. Um, people who were different than me, I was, I was actually, I felt like the minority many times hanging out with folks, uh, with my friends. Um, but when I became a Christian, and since I've been a Christian, I've been a part of communities and lived in, in a city that's diverse and have had many opportunities to embrace and honor and celebrate diversity. Okay, and and it's been a part of my just practice as as a Christian, as, as my way of life. Okay, just reaching across boundaries, uh, embracing one another, befriending people that look different than me, that have different cultures than me, and moving towards them. And the reason why I've, I've become more passionate about moving towards people, regardless of what they look like, is because Jesus Christ has put a love in my heart. For people. It's a work of redemption, right? Uh, and the gospel tears down barriers, racial barriers. The, the gospel uproots racism when we apply it to our hearts and our lives. And, and it, it starts with us first acknowledging our lack of love for those around us. Okay, all right. We first got to see the sin, acknowledge it for what it is, 
and apply the gospel of Jesus Christ to that area and let the scripture shape the way we view ourselves and the way we view others. Amen. And so Tony Evans says this in his book, um, uh, Oneness Embrace. He says, racial strife is still a problem in our country because racial reconciliation has not been a priority in the church. The reason we haven't solved the race problem in America after hundreds of years is that people apart from God are trying to create unity, while people under God who already have unity are not living out the unity that we possess. The result of both of these conditions is disastrous for America. Our failure to find cultural unity as a nation is directed... Directly related to the church's failure to preserve our spiritual unity. And in so doing, we have limited the degree to which the healing balm of God's grace flows freely from us into our communities and ultimately throughout our land. This is a powerful, powerful quote by Dr. Tony Evans. Um, you know, I think it's important for us to call racism for what it is wrong. And, and I think we, as Christians, we should be anti-racist, right? But, but more than just being anti-racist, we don't want to just be known for what we're against. We want to be known for what we're for. Okay, we are for racial reconciliation. We are for unity and diversity. God has created us with different, in the image of God, he's created us with different ethnicities, different Backgrounds And around the throne, in Revelation, there will be a people, a redeemed people, who've been redeemed by the blood. They, they were brought forth from one blood, going all the way back to Adam. And they were bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. And they will be around the throne of God, worshiping every tribe and every tongue. Heaven has a beautiful array of diversity and unity. And our vision and value here is to reflect heaven on earth. We value that unity and diversity that the scriptures call us to. And we value it because Jesus Christ died to make it happen. To create a people for himself from every tribe and every tongue. And he's worth it. He's worth us pursuing that. He's worth us laying down our pride, laying down our preferences, yielding our preferences, considering others better than ourselves, and loving those around us. He's worthy. Amen? Amen. And so there's so much more that can be said. We're, we're looking to address this issue more in the next coming weeks. Um, couple things I want to encourage you to do. More application here. Here's an ongoing sermon. I'm, going to, I'm, going to, I'm, going to, I'm landing the plane. Okay, Get ready for landing, y'all. A um, couple things. If, if you don't have any friends that are different color than you, I want to encourage you to be intentional about building those bridges, those relationships, moving towards that. Okay? And, and as you do... And for those of us who do... Let's have this conversation. Have, let's have healthy conversations around this issue and be good listeners and try to understand. Okay, Try, try to feel um, the, the hurt, the pain, 
the, the, the hear the perspective. Don't don't just assume that your perspective is right. Be willing to to make some adjustments. We all have room to grow in our perspective, in our sanctification, and the renewing of our minds. And we want to be a people that lets Scripture shape the way we think, right? And so as we're having those conversations, just like you, we, we should do with any conversations that we have about the world and life and philosophy and different mor- morality, we should always be filtering those things through Scripture. What does Scripture say? Okay? And we're going to put the emphasis on what Scripture says. And we're going, when we find ourselves lining up with the view that doesn't line up with Scripture, then we need to humbly admit that that, that needs to go. That way of thinking needs to go. And we need to renew, intentionally renew our minds with the truth of God's word. A couple of other things um, that, that we can do is we could um, read books and listen to podcasts um, that speak to this issue. There are a lot of great resources out there that are being shared right now. I plan to, this week, uh, include in our email some of those resources, some of those books that... Um, that could be a good help for us as we're approaching this issue. Um, okay, I'm going to stop there before I say something I should say and get in trouble. It's like it feels like walking on eggshells talking about this situation because there's such a there's a high sensitivity uh, on on each side in talking about this issue. But we have to talk about it, and we have to be willing to admit when we're wrong, when we're off. And we've got to be willing to speak the truth in love. Um, when we see a brother or sister walking in an unloving attitude or mindset towards anybody. Amen? And so let us pray. Um, actually, Giovanni, will you pull up Psalm 8 there? You switch it over. Actually, if you guys would stand with me, I'd like for us to read together Psalm 8. <clears throat> Right. Psalm 8. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set the glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to steal the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have made set in place, What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings, and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and all the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, the fish of the sea. And whatever passes along the path of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Lord, your name is great and greatly to be praised. And your work is great. You've done great things. Your work is good. And we praise you for making us, knitting us in our mother's womb, 
wonderfully and fearfully. Open our eyes to see how much we matter to you and how much those around us matter to you. And may we treat human life sacred with respect, with dignity, since we bear your image on the earth. And help us as Christians, as your children, to grow in reflecting the image of your Son, Jesus, more and more. More love, more joy, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, peace, goodness. Fill our lives with you, God. And may we be agents of healing and reconciliation, God. May your life, your love, and your grace flow through us. Give us wisdom, God, as we are walking through this time of unrest, as there is strife and tension, as there is deception, discouragement, despair, sickness, violence. God, give us wisdom from above that's pure, that's peaceable, that's gentle, that's willing to yield. And help us model as your church, as your people, help us to model racial reconciliation. Help us to model unity and diversity. May we reflect heaven on earth. Start with us. Work through us. Change our hearts. God, where we don't value other lives around us the way that you call us to. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you. May he lift up the light of his countenance upon you. May 